Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. I know that your your podcast has switched homes, essentially. Uh, where can people find the Raven Effect podcast now, and how has that affected you? Um, I don't know how it's affected uh, um, the viewership. Um, you can find us on Westwood One, which is, uh, I guess, just another uh, platform. And uh, I'm not even sure why we actually left. But, uh, you know, I'm a Jericho man, so... So we're leaving. I said, all right, we're going, we're moving on. So did you, did you get any feedback from him in particular? Or he just, was he just like, Hey, we're, we're going to move on. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> so you were cool with that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I just want to do the show. So, um, so to me, it's just a matter of, uh, having a forum for it, you know? So, I mean, I'm not going to change the show any, you know, there's no, uh, I'm sure there had to be a good reason why we left, but yeah, Jericho had so much going on at the time, you know, with the uh, New Japan show, everything else. I was like, yeah, you know, and and I I, I do know why we left more or less. So it's not like I'm totally in the dark. They kind of gave me the, uh, the rough draft, but I don't want to, I can't talk about it anyway, but you know, so it's, it's easier to just play dumb. So uh, what made you finally take the leap and start a podcast? Because, I mean, like, so often whenever I'll ask people who are the greatest wrestling minds uh, as it pertains to wrestlers, the three that always come up are you, Scott Hall, Jake Roberts. And uh, you're finally – you're giving people, like, kind of insight into that now. Uh, what made you do that? Well, I actually, before anybody ever had a podcast in the wrestling business, I had a video blog. And I just couldn't find a way to monetize it. So any opportunity for me to listen to myself talk is always fun for me. You know, so, you know, but it was, I just couldn't find a way to monetize it. I was a couple of years too early. And then, uh, then there was a way to monetize it, but I didn't have any connections. You know, when the podcast really started booming, but I had no connections. And 
let's face it. I mean, I was a, you know, I was a decent level star at one point, but you know, this is 20 years past my prime. Or, or at that point, it was 15 years. So it's not like I could call somebody up and go, "Hey, I'm Raven. Give me a show." You know, or at least I don't think I could have. If I could have, I should have. But, but I don't think I could have. You know, so I'm not that egotistical. And uh, so it was just a matter of the waiting game. And then I started talking to Chris when I saw how well he was doing. And I actually proposed a show with me and him together. And uh, which he just didn't have the time for because, you know, he's got a band, he's got a family, he's got wrestling, you know. So then he's, and got, then he's got more wrestling on top of that. Like, you yeah, never he's know. Pod- <laughs> and he's got his own podcast to do, you know. I proposed a show together. You know, I'd be the second banana. Um, but he just didn't have any time. And I also think he's probably a little, uh, would probably be a little hesitant anyway, because he knows me well enough to know that second banana is not usually the position I play. But, but in all honesty, I would have been more than happy to be second banana because my goal always was after wrestling to be on talk radio. Yeah. Like if, if I could have had my career, like my career druthers, my first choice would have been to be on love lines with, uh, would have been with Dr. with Dr. Drew on um, Love Lines. That would have been the perfect gig, and where you know. But and I always realize that if I'm going to do that or have something like that, yeah, I'm going to have to learn to be second or third banana because the only way to get there, I, I figured, was to get on a radio show somewhere and be the second or third banana, you know, so the hosts don't feel impinged. So I felt like uh, I could definitely play a second banana, and then there's also. As second banana, you don't have to come up with the bit. You don't sure. have to come up with the stuff, you know, to just basically show up, go to work. Um, so it appealed to my sense of laziness and slothiness. But uh, but but instead, Jericho's like, uh, he's like, yeah. So he he thought about it, but he just didn't think he'd ever have the time. And probably the, you know, me being a second banana, he probably figured I'd probably try and become first banana, which I wouldn't have, but he doesn't know that. It's a lot you know? of potassium. Yeah. Also, I've grown up a lot. I mean, you know, the person I was when he knew me well and the person I am now is like, I'm the same guy, but I'm a much better person, you know, all around. And I'm much less egotistical and uh, much less in need. Of, I, I don't have the, the need to be um, center of attention. I don't have that insecurity anymore that I used to have. And so, anyway, but but luckily he thought highly enough of me that when he started his own network, he's like, all right, I want to make you, I'll give you your own show. And uh, and then at first it was a little difficult because the, the first, cause I'm like, all right, who am I going to do this with? Because I'm like, I don't want to go get inter- do an interview show with interviewing people. Like, I don't mind doing that every so often, but... He's already doing that, so yeah, and he's going to get better guests than I'll ever get, and I don't want to get a bunch of wrestling guests because I don't even want to talk about wrestling so much. Like I don't mind it now because I I wasn't forced to, and because I wasn't forced to, I kind of I'm coming back to my love of wrestling, but for the longest time I lost my love of wrestling, <clears throat> and so so basically. Now, we still don't talk about wrestling that much. It's more wrestling adjacent. Like, it's, you know, that's the best description I can give. 
the podcast is wrestling adjacent. You know, like we, uh, one of the segments we have is the name game where I find out where I do all the work, which is why as first banana, you have to do all the work. And so I find all these, uh, try to go through Wikipedia and find old timers that have gimmicks that had multi gimmicks that no one's ever heard of. And then I make up a bunch of fake names and my co-host has to figure out which ones are the real ones, which ones are the fake ones. And because the, some of the names are so obscure, like Greg Valentine used to wrestle as Boxcar Willie. Wow. Yeah, I mean, who knows that? Nobody. So it's a really fun game. And then, the, you know, the, then I make up the most ludicrous um, fake names. But then I make a few fake names that are realistic sounding. And so he has no idea. So, I mean, it's a great game. Um, so that's like one of the segments. But that's still, it has... It's wrestling adjacent, you know what I mean? Sure. It's not like we're talking, but we also talk about UFC fights. We talk about Matt. We talk about the, what, if there's something big that happens in wrestling, we'll talk about it. And uh, my co-host Busby, who's amazing, he'll uh, he'll he'll want to know anyway because he still follows wrestling. Yeah. I don't follow it so much, so uh, so he'll lead me in, and then I'll just answer what you know, what I really think. Do you happen so to catch do- the uh, slaughter? Of that Valentina Shevchenko put down last night. Speaking of UFC, oh my God, yeah, that was what a, what a horrendous refereeing job. Two hundred and seventeen strikes to one was the final count. Even worse was the girl tapped out and he missed yeah, it. Yeah, he missed it. I mean, luckily, luckily Shevchenko wasn't trying to kill her because, I mean, that could have been bad. We do shows with with Frank Trigg all the time, who is into refing now, and like. He'll always point this stuff out, and he's like, man, so many of these guys are out of place. Like, long-time guys like Yamasaki, who should should know better. It's like, like what did, what did that woman do to him before this yeah, show? Like, well, it's funny. Like, like you, never, you never heard of the talking heads ever bury anybody. Yeah. But Eve Edwards even goes, he's yeah. the worst ref ever. Miserable. Yeah, I, but, and that's well, saying something. Mazagati was really bad, too. Why Why would somebody want to be a ref in the first place? Yeah. I, I really don't get that. I've never got that. I mean, I get wanting to watch the sport. I get wanting to be in the sport. But I don't get why you'd want to referee it. It's a very, very, like, tough trying process. And very few of them ever make it to the top consistently where there's any money to be made. Like, a small, small fraction. And a lot of athletic there's money. Commission- there's money to be made at it. Yeah, they're like at the UFC levels, essentially. Like if you're like one of maybe five or six that you can make a little bit of money at it. But like here in Kentucky, like they'll have a few refs, and they won't even take applications like for trainees and things like that. That the commission just doesn't have the money for it. Yeah, but I mean, but okay, but so if you want to be a ref, I would think you'd want to be a ref at the lower level. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just for fun. And then if it works out, you get to the higher level. But why would you want to do it for fun? Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you, man. Um, so on your podcast, have you gotten into any hot water? You're known as like a brutally honest guy. Like, and I'm sure some of your stories have involved a painting some people in maybe a, an unfavorable light that they don't like. Have you gotten any heat from anybody for that? Um, yes and no. Uh I've been I've become more tactful in my old age, <laughs> yeah. um, and it's also because I've become a better person. So 
I don't feel a need to heal on people just to heal on them to make myself feel good. So I only heal on people if it's if they truly deserve it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I still think uh, like um, when Fred Ottman, like we he we did a name game with him with uh, Typhoon. Sure. And so we were talking about when he was uh, what was his gimmick? Thunderhead or Shockmaster Tugboat? Shockmaster, yeah, Shockmaster, yeah. and so. I think most people would have expected me to laugh my ass off at him, but all I could feel was sympathy, you yeah. know? I don't know if that's because I'm a – I mean, yeah, but even at the time, that's all I could feel. I mean, because he's such a nice guy. Oh, he's the I mean, nicest guy. I mean, he's the one guy in the business that probably – it wouldn't kill his ego if, he, if, that's, if that happened. Yeah. So maybe that's why he was the guy, but that's a sucky reason. But, man, but, like, so there's something where – I guess people would expect me to, you know, they just go, ah, you suck. But instead, I'm like, oh, man, I really feel bad for him, you know? So, I don't know. It's kind of, I'm more, I have, when I when I heal on somebody, it's because I have reasons, not personal, not psychological, but just strictly because they did a shit job or, sure, you know, or a bad performance, which is just, it's a job of a critic anyway. Uh, oh, so I try, I try ahead, not sorry. to put, I try not to heal just to be a heel. And besides, my co- my co-host Busby is so dickish anyway. It, nicest <laughs> guy in the world, literally, literally the nicest guy in the world. But for some reason, he does some dickish things, and so that's become his running gag that he's dick, the most dickish man alive. So he does all the dickish stuff. On our site, we're, we're looking back at some of the more fun WrestleMania moments, and I thought that. Like the one that came to mind for me was WrestleMania 17, that hardcore match. Right, right. That was just a blast to rewatch. There's there's spots where you go through the window, and then you jacked a golf cart and you drove it straight into a gate. Uh, I, but but I ruined the greatest spot in the history of WrestleMania. I though. was going to ask you how that how that was supposed to go. Yeah, we were supposed to get chased. We were supposed to be driving. And Big Show's choking me while I'm driving, and we drive all the way around the building with Kane driving behind us in hot pursuit. But well, what happened was I drove. I, I there's the fence. That's a, there's a fence. It yeah. looks like a wall fence. So I thought if I careened into it and bounced off, that it would look cool because he's I'm getting choked by a 400 pound guy. But instead, <laughs> I hit the fence, didn't give back anything, and I just jumped off, fell off the curb. And then, uh, but the best part is, is I came within millimeters of turning off the power to the entire building. Oh, no. Yeah, the, the, uh, one of the crew guys came up to me later and said, do you have any idea how close you came? I go, what do you mean? Because you were within millimeters of, of running over the cable that supplied power to the entire building. Oh, man. So how, how does, like, a, a Vince McMahon or somebody react to – that spot that had been planned out and not going the way that it was intended. Because it seemed like uh, you think, recovered quickly. I think because I ran, I got, I let myself get run over by Kane, I think <laughs> that changed the, it changed the scorecard really quick because the bump looked so dangerous yeah. that I guess they forgot about this, you know. It's like, when, it's like when you hit your brother and you let him hit you to make it okay. Exactly, yeah. So, except, uh, he hit you in, except he hits you in an ad. Yeah. And then you went through a window. Like, that was that was just one of the more fun WrestleMania matches I can ever remember. Like, so much of this stuff, like, 
today you you won't see and even back then you're like i can't believe that just happened and uh, i think just the visual of kane getting in into a golf cart was more than worth it uh, well you know here's the here's the funny thing is they wanted me they was like all right so leave your jacket on so you can go through the window i'm like why would i leave my jacket on i go it doesn't make any sense they go yeah well we want to protect you i go i go i can't i go it'll look too stupid if i'm wrestling the whole match with my jacket on I go, in fact, I go, I want to take my shirt off because if I'm going to go through glass, I want to get all cut up. But that just didn't work out. For, I forget why. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But uh, but the glass doesn't hurt anyway. I mean, yeah. it's car window glass, <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't come out jagged. It comes out in in, in little bits. Yeah. So I mean, it's really safe. I but s- they were really worried about it. I mean, and they don't even like me. They were worried <laughs> about it. What what kind of relationship do you have, or have you had recently with with WWE? Have you have, have you done any network stuff? Like, have they contacted you for any reason? I mean, I know you had a lawsuit, so yeah, I'd I'm, I'm not back too... to I'm back to persona non grata. I assume <laughs> ahead of ahead of the lawsuit, how was it? I was actually um, I did a couple of uh, DVDs, uh, the Paulie one, and I think one with Bubba and RVD about the hardcore title. Yeah, but um, so I just think that, and uh, and then apparently. Like, my minions always send me when I make a list. Yeah. Like, I was on all kinds of lists, you know. But I just think that Vince didn't know about those because I don't think he would have uh, approved. You know, I don't think I don't think he uh, – I've been persona non grata there for a long time. So I just think that uh, when I got put in those stuff and those lists, I don't think anybody yeah. in the Vince level reads them or, you know, or would care. Yeah, right hand, not knowing what the left hand's doing with, with digital and stuff. They'll, they'll often put people like that in there. I saw recently that you kind of reunited with uh, an old WWF name in Pierre uh, or yeah. uh, Pierre Flat. How, how did that come about, and what was that like? That was really cool. Um, we we were never close because he was he was under Jacques' wing, and he didn't know any better because Jacques brought him in, and Jacques, you know, had particular 
you know, stay away from the boys when they're not, you know, they're not at the building, you know, a, you know, a, a relatively good strategy normally, you know what I mean? But it, it isolated Pierre, who already speaks a foreign language, and Jacques's been known to get heat, um, as have I, um, so I'm not saying anything out of turn. But so Pierre was kind of isolated, and uh, and I I never, you know, I, I just got put with him, and I'd already gotten so salty at that point after being in the business three, four years, but it was just was a long three four years i've been in the business you know so i was pretty salty at that point so you know i just was doing it because i had nothing else i didn't want to be a manager i didn't want to be johnny polo but what am i going to do so i was biding my time and uh so suffice to say well we never really became close or anything but we never had any heat although i think jock had i think i've got heat with jock for some reason i have no idea what but a lot of people have heat with jock and they don't know why yeah, that's what I thought. But anyway, so Pierre, so I get booked on this show with him, and uh, and we there's never been any heat between us, so it was great. I mean, it was great seeing him. But what was really cool was I came up with an idea because they wanted him to turn on me at the end of the match. So I go, why don't we use your and Jock's finish, the uh, the cannonball off the top, and I hold your hands and, and direct you. You know, I forget what it's called. What's it called? I thought it was called the cannonball. Oh, maybe it is. So I go, why don't we do the cannonball? After you hit the guy, you pop up and celebrate. I'll cover the guy, and then you get hot about it. And uh, The Quebec crash, that's what it was called. Sorry. The what? The Quebec crash? The Quebec crash. Ah. So, uh, and we're in Quebec or somewhere in Canada. I think Quebec, somewhere. <laughs> and uh, I said, so I said, let's do that. When he went up and I went put my hands up to hold him, the place erupted. I mean, all, wow. I don't know, three, 400 people. It was a good house. But the place went, I mean, it was the biggest pop of the night. And it was really cool because they all recognized the spot, even though, and they recognized me doing it with them, you know, because they knew I was Johnny Polo as yeah. opposed to, uh, you know, so it was just a really cool moment. So I'm really glad I got to do it. I thought that was really cool when I, when I looked at it because, you know, I, ahead of an interview, I want to see how often where somebody's working and stuff like that and i saw that and i was like what a cool reunion that is yeah like, it really a, was an awesome callback and, and that you all did that in the match that's so cool yeah and then it was uh we're both slow dressers so uh we're both like the last two left in the building or plus i was riding with the the promoter since i was the talent you know that they brought in mm-hmm. so i was staying with him or at a, you know he was taking me to the hotel or whatever and uh and him and, P- and me and pierre are, like the last two left so we just sat there and BS for like 25, 30 minutes, maybe even longer. And it was really cool because, you know, we hadn't caught up in 10, 15 years. Longer, maybe 20 years. I just thought that so was... It was really good. It was really cool. It was a really great moment live. And it was a really great moment backstage because, you know, we really got to talk and he got to explain some stuff that he thought, you know, that I would, that would, that I would like to know, which I did, um, you know, about his relationship with Jacques and, you know, and different stuff like that. I mean, not in a bad way. He didn't bury Jock, but just explaining, you know, like I told you, how he was kind of isolated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, because I always went out. So, you know, I guess he felt like, you know, he, he wanted to explain why he never went out. But I never, you know, I, I just say I, I didn't have anything against it. You know, I don't care if anybody yeah. else goes out or doesn't go out or whatever. 
Um, I was going to tell you this before. This is a really good story. I don't know how many people know this, but uh, or how many times I've told it. I think only a few, but back to the uh, the guy almost went in the title, but yeah, uh, quitting instead, you know, because the the program changed. So when I came into WCW the first time as Scotty Flamingo, um, Dusty goes. So Dusty calls me in a, in a meeting, and it's me, uh, probably Magnum, Dusty, maybe one or other person, maybe two, and DDP, because DDP kind of brought me in, you know? Yeah. And uh, so he goes, he goes, listen, he goes, uh, I got big plans for you, baby, big plans. He goes, I'm going to start you out, you know, because you got the cool dress, you know, the cool style, and uh that was a Dusty Rhodes impression. I don't know if you could tell because it was so yeah. bad. But anyway, so he's like, he had that cool style. He goes, well, you're a cruiserweight, but you're a big cruiserweight. So I got, I, I figure we start you out as a cruiserweight, make you the champion. And then after a little bit, you start moving up to the heavyweight. And then you challenge Ric Flair because he's like all styling and profiling. And, and you have this cool style and dress. And I'm like, holy crap. I can't believe I'm hearing this. DDP's kicking me under the table, and we're and I'm trying to look just completely composed. So is DDP, and he's kicking the crap out of me under the table because he's so excited. So my so watch came in, that went down the toilet. Aww. I know it was so funny because even worse was I wasn't getting booked in the house shows much because they were the guys they were going to get rid of in the next six months. They were trying to give them as many bookings as they can. I get that. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't getting booked on house shows much. So when I finally was my turn to be on the house shows, that's when Watts came in and pretty much finished me up. So it's like, oh, man. Like, I was just finally starting to get somewhere. I always wondered, like, what was, you know, what that light heavyweight division could have become because uh, having yourself, Brian Pillman, Jushin Thunder Liger, and even Brad Armstrong, uh, that's a hell of a start. Well, Pillman was super excited because he was he was tired of having – just matches. He wanted to have a yeah. program and storyline. And then at, at one point, like he blew out his quads on one of his legs. Ooh. And uh, not a not a not a major injury. It wasn't a major blowout, but it was enough to kind of you know slow down his high flying a little bit. And he was really worried. And I was like, dude, don't worry about it. I go because this is when we thought we were going to have more storyline, which you know Watts came in and took care of. But uh, he goes, um, he goes, man, I'm not going to be able to fly as much. Our matches aren't going to be as good. I go, don't worry about it. I go, because I spent two years in Portland learning how to work, you know, from the, from the grappler who's one of the best workers I've ever seen. And I learned all the tricks, and, so, and they were fresh in my head. And I'm like, man, I can walk us around all that. No one's going to miss any of that stuff. And he's like, But he was so used to being a high-flying guy, all high spots, that he was really concerned. But that's where he learned, you know, partially how he learned to start working. And um, and his favorite spot became this really goofy spot that he just became one of his like his go-to ridiculous spot where uh, the heel goes for the handshake. Nobody even does this anymore, I don't think. I never see it. But uh, I, I mean, I don't watch it on TV. But I don't. But at house shows, I never see it. But the, you know the old handshake spot where the heel puts his hand out and the baby face won't take it, won't take it. Finally, the heel goes, "Come on, trust me." milk it milk it finally the heel goes to kick they shake hands the heel goes to kick them the baby face blocks it kicks the baby face or kicks the heel bumps them whatever yeah but instead of that i showed i think i showed him this it was either that or mike graham or maybe mike graham showed me and i showed him but 
He goes, so you put the hand out, the handshake. The guy says, the heel says, the face says, no, no, I don't want to do it. He puts out his left hand to shake lefty. Now the heel's perplexed. Why do you want to shake my hand left-handed? Now the heel's doing it. Should I do it? And the fans are all going, yeah, do it, do it. And he's like, I don't know. You know, but it's a cool ro- role reversal. Sure. And finally, finally, the baby face, uh, the heel goes to shake his hands lefty. And because it's just shaking hands lefty, you take the right arm, put it under the heel's shoulder, and you hip toss him. Ah. And, that's, and that's the payoff. And it's such a goofy spot. But Pillman loved it because it was so unlike anything he'd ever done. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, like, became his favorite ridiculous spot. Do you see his kids? Uh, Do you see that his son is wrestling now? Yeah, I heard about that. Trained by Lance Storm. That's thinking of that, like, that ridiculous spot. Um, yeah. You know what's funny is people, the whole, my whole point is, is, yeah, that's a ridiculous spot. But it's the whole idea of taking your time, making stuff mean something. You know, you can get so much mileage out of so much stuff. Yeah. And that's my biggest problem. That's why I really, that's one of the reasons I got turned off from the business. Not the main reason was it just wasn't any fun to watch anymore. But that's beside the point. But um, when I go to indie shows, I hate the guys put get, they have no, they make nothing mean anything. And sure, it's exciting, but they're going to be, this generation of people coming up are going to be so beat up. Their careers are going to be just, is going to be twice as short as the, as the generation that just left. And that was a drug addicted generation, you know, as the, as the generation that's ended. Um, my generation, you know, we killed ourselves internally with drugs. Couldn't feel anything guys, though. What's that? <laughs> so maybe you couldn't feel anything though. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, but now this generation, luckily they, they, they're not the addicts like we were. But instead, they're going to kill themselves physically. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the level of, of you know, it's like one mistake. One mistake and, you, and your career's over. I mean, like that Hayabusa guy. Didn't he yeah. do his um, – oh, it's tragic. He went to do a lion salt or something and landed on his neck because the rope was slippery or something? Yep. Uh, basically, what they call scorpioned himself and broke his neck. And, and now, now he's dead. Oh, did he just pass away? Yeah, he passed away, uh, I think it was last year. You know, and then that guy I read about, uh, that guy that Shibata that headbutted the guy so hard yep. that, he, uh, that he got brain damage or something. Yep. He cracked his skull. It's, it's stupid. I mean, this is, I guess this is, this is why, um, this is one of the reasons that people hate talking to me is because when I, if you can get me to talk about wrestling, which is rare, I'll get on a soapbox, but it's like the idea of it is because wrestling, it used to be real, but it became too much of a pain in the ass. You know, the art form, and it is an art form, the art form is making everything mean something, you know, showing showing your pain, you know, by your physicality, your body motion, and so making it mean stuff because you can. You could take one punch and sell it for five minutes if you sell it right, but because no one does, everybody wants to do 8 million things. And I'm not saying don't do the crazy stuff. But if you cut out half the crazy stuff, your career will be twice as long. It's idiotic. I mean, because it's an art form, the, the whole idea is to make it look real without hurting each other. You know? Yeah. And like guys now all want to work strong style. But all that is is it takes away the skill. And it's so frustrating because 
there's so much more athleticism now, but the mental game just isn't there. I mean, you know, there's so many everything like you know, guys will, you know, I mean, you can't go back to the back to the way old days, but you can go pretty far back. But you know, it's like when guys would do a drop down, you know, it it wasn't a drop down. It was the guy went to take your legs out. Yeah, he tried to trip you. Right, and you point. and and originally and first he would trip you, and yeah. then after a while somebody goes, hey, why don't I jump over it? And then it just became a thing. And then reversing a guy used to be a hope spot. If you're beating a guy up and beating him up and beating him up, and you shoot him off, and he reverses you, the people come up because you've been beating him up, and now it looks like he's turning it around because the guy in the center is usually the one on offense. So boom. You can make it little, but now guys do reversals of reversals of reversals, but not understanding why they're doing anything. So it's it's frustrating, but, you know, God bless them. I mean, they're better athletes than I ever was. I was never a great athlete, you know. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.